0: well can we give God glory because I know the one that has everything for I don't have anything to give you but I know the one who does so let's take a moment and give God glory and honor for today for being there for us for taking care of us for giving us a word and due season father we magnify you we glorify you we honor you we don't touch your glory we give it all to you, because you and you alone are worthy of the glory, the honor,
1: and the praise. Hallelujah. Well, I bring you greetings from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. I'm so excited to be here today. I want to take a moment, though, to first of all, give honor to the man and woman of God of this house. You all have been blessed and are blessed with
0: some of the most amazing leaders, pastors, visionaries. Oh, come on. You can do a lot better than that.
1: Pastor, pastor, I've had the pleasure of knowing them for well over 20, wow, wow, goodness, 25 plus years. My wife and I have been married for 20 years and she grew up in his youth ministry and we grew up in school and ministry together and just they have been pouring into our lives and has God's used him and their relationship as a benchmark of what a husband and wife could and should be I remember when when they modeled how to date years ago and made me step my game up when I started dating her and so thank you for your leadership and your passion and your commitment to God and to each other i give honor to both of you my wife is here we celebrated 20 years of marriage on april the 10th this year She has stuck with me through the highs and the lows, and truly, it's an honor to be able to have you by my side, my ride or die, my boo, my good thing, my yes, and my boys are all here as well. It's just exciting to be able to see how God is cultivating everything in your lives as well. You all, before you're seated, I want to do something, because I feel like the, the atmosphere is charged. Did anybody come here with great expectations? okay that's two of you I said did anybody come here with great expectation now for those of you that are online I know this isn't the face that you thought you're going to hear possibly I encourage you to come back next week log right back in Pastor Greg will have a word and due season for you but for now there is a word and a work that God desires to do Amen? Amen. God does not waste time. And I believe that there is a deposit that God desires to pour into you. I believe there's some generational curses that's about to be broken because of understanding some things today. And God promised that where two or three are gathered in his name, he would be in our midst. I believe we meet the criteria for God to show up. And in fact, beyond that, he is already here and he's already begun a work in hearts through praise and worship. The Holy Ghost has already been moving. Raise your hand if you sense that God has already begun some work in you. Come on, keep, keep those hands up if you sense that God has already begun some good things in you and for you and through you just through the worship already. Now, God never shows up just to say hi. God doesn't just come by and just click like and keep moving. God shows up to say something and do something. Every time God shows up, something changes. I say that every time God shows up, something changes something gets better, something gets restored, something is healed, I get more understanding and there's more clarity so take a neighbor by the hand really quick, you're going to get right into what God desires to, take a neighbor by the hand, look him right in that beady, shifty eyeball that brown, black, hazel whatever color and tell him neighbor let's believe God today that the Holy Spirit will minister
0: to us a word in due season. Find another neighbor. I know you are already a friendly bunch here, a linked up church. You all don't know what a stranger looks like. And tell him neighbor, let's have our hearts open and ready to receive every word, every revelation everything that God desires to deposit in us, through us, and for us. Find one more neighbor. And tell your neighbor, neighbor, here at Linked Up Church, whenever we pray, we believe that we receive and we act like it by rejoicing and praising God Almighty. Well, we are praying. It's time to receive and it's time to rejoice and receive from God in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, we glorify you, we exalt you, we praise you, we honor you, we adore you, we magnify you, you are worthy of all the praise, worthy of all the glory, worthy of all honor. You are high and lifted up and you are mindful of us. We give you praise today, hallelujah. Father, I
1: thank you that right now I pray that my tongue is hooked on my spirit. My spirit is hooked up with you, Holy Ghost. Therefore, all that I say shall be the things that you desire to minister to the hearts and lives of your people. I pray, Father God, that I don't speak with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of your spirit and of power, that your people's faith stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. And as always, we covenant with you to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for all that is revealed and all that is manifested, Soul saved, lives changed, people delivered and set free. We believe and receive this in the authority of the matchless name of Jesus and by his blood. And all in agreement with that prayer said, Amen, amen. amen. You all can have a seat. Praise God. I don't know if you can tell but I'm a a little excited about being in the house of family. And again, thank you for welcoming me and thank you for the opportunity. Today, we're not going to spend a lot of time but the time is going to be very intentional. Very intentional. We're going to be talking under the title of Us Versus Him. Us versus him. A lot of times, especially in Father's Day, there there's some people that Father's Day isn't always the most celebrated day. Uh-huh. Can we just tell the truth? And there's a lot of reasons. So today, I want us to give ourselves permission. This is a guilt-free Zone. Okay, I guess I'm the only one that needed a guilt-free zone. Anybody else need a guilt-free zone? So today, the today is not a beat-up message. Today is not a bash somebody's message. Today is not a what-should-have-been message. Today is about understanding who God really is and how he desires to operate in our lives today. But well, what happens many times is our expectations from God or for God is based on our experiences from people. Whatever happened at home, whatever happened with your coach or your teacher, whatever happened in your past can taint our expectation of what we think God desires to do and even more importantly, who we think God is. So today, I want to make sure we do a couple things. One, we're going to have a better understanding of who God truly is, not just the songs we sing, but who he truly is. We're going to understand who I am in light of who he is. And then lastly, we're going to talk about some parenting skills, because all of us, those of us that are parents and if you're not a parent you're a mentor your words are big in somebody's ears somebody is watching everything that we do and many times we don't realize that people are making decisions about what they think is a potential in their life based on the perception that they see in yours i'll say it again because i know you're thinking People are making decisions about what they think is possible in their life based on their perception of what they see in yours. So we want to make sure that we're modeling things that allows God permission to move and operate freely in not just our lives, but in the lives that God's called us to lead. Amen. So I'm going to read from our foundation passage, which is found in Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, where the word of God says, God is not a what? God is not a what? God is not a what? God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should what? God has never had to pray, First John, for forgiveness. Come on, somebody. And God has never lied. Ever. In fact, when he looked across eternity and across all of his creation trying to look for something to swear by, something when he made a promise, you know, when you go to court and you have to swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, you're going to put your hand on a Bible. At least they used to. Right? Right? Because I need something that I feel has integrity that I'm saying, even if you don't believe my word, believe the integrity of what I'm swearing by. And when God was looking for something to swear by, he could find nothing that had more integrity than himself. So he swore by himself. He would have to stop being God if he ever lied. The Bible says he watches over his word to do what? So God is very intentional with every word that he says, because every word that he says he's creating. Now that, 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 that's where we're going today, because many times when you compare us versus him, we allow a lot of stuff to come out. Life and death is in the power of the what? And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. We can throw stuff out because I feel like it. God doesn't have the luxury to say what he feels. Mm. In the beginning, when Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that the earth was dark and void and, and didn't look anything like what he really wanted, and did God say, man, it's dark outside? Did God say, man, it's dark outside? Did he say what he saw, or did he say only what he wanted to create? So God doesn't speak based on the circumstance, and the circumstance doesn't dictate what he says. None of that is in the notes, and We didn't say that in the early service. Y'all pulling some more stuff out. So today, I want us to realize that we need to turn up our expectations on what we know and believe that God can do in our lives. We need to turn off self-imposed limitations. And we need to identify ways that we can truly parent like God. Now, I'm going to break this down As basic as we can so we can have some clear takeaways now the reason why we needed to understand the difference between God and ourselves is because when you don't have that clear it's almost like when you go uh, as a kid they used to have these carnivals and they had these different uh, funhouse mirrors and I believe there's an image for that where you, you used to be able to go and look at this mirror and it would show this different image of yourself than you really were. And so I believe they have that image up there that I want you to see of, of sometimes, that's how, this is how you see yourself sometimes. <laughs> Where you're looking at the image, but that mirror is reflecting back something different. It's skewed a little bit. Now, is that an accurate reflection of who he really looks like, yes or no? No, you don't, your head's not that big. But if that's the reflection of what I see, and that's the only reflection that I know, I might think I have a really big head. And you all know from that illustration, there are some things that make you look really big or really small. Have you ever met somebody that looks healthy but they feel like they're overweight? Or somebody that, you know, for whatever reason feels like their skin complexion isn't what it needs to be or their hair isn't what it needs to be. Their perspective of themselves are driving everything that they do. And it's the same thing with God. In our lives, God is saying to us, stop living your life, putting me through your filter and giving yourself the wrong perception of who I really am. And then from that, not truly understanding who you really are. Because you are truly, fearfully, a wonderfully made. Mm. Turn to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. I want to show you a passage here where God is not... Uh, unused to or he's used to being able to work through people and help to reprogram the way they think especially when it comes to family because family is the first incubator to develop all of us amen there are your parents and your grandparents and your aunts and the people that spend all that time with you are pouring expectations and faith and belief systems and values and all these things that at some point God should be able to take all that happened in the house and say, hey, I'm the God of your father. I'm the God of your mother. The way you see me operate in them is the way I'm going to operate in you. But unfortunately, that doesn't always happen, does it?
0: Oh, it got real quiet right there.
1: Genesis, turn to Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. The word of God says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of your country, and get from your kinfolk, that's Scott translation, and from your father's house into a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you, and curse them that curse thee, and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abram did what God told him to do. He departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and lot with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. I want you to notice something. God told him, in order for me to truly operate in your life the way I desire to, I've got to reprogram some stuff. I need you to get away from your kinfolk, and I need you to get out of your daddy's house because the way they're operating is going to limit the way I desire to operate in your life. I've got to teach you some things about me, so I'm going to teach you myself. Now, I don't know about you. We all, as parents, have done the best we can and have done the best we know how to do, but how many of us know that there's still more and we've made mistakes? Only two people. We've made mistakes from time to time. So again, this is not about The mistakes, this is about the opportunity to do more. And realizing, first of all, that God desires for you to have no restriction and no limits on what you can receive from Him. Our past should have no bearing on our future expectations. I'll say that again your past has no bearings on what God desires to do. He has not changed His mind or his plan concerning you based on what's happened yesterday. I don't care how bad it was. I don't care how much we beat ourselves up. God has said, I still made you, I still see you, I still love you, and there is nothing ever that's going to change my mind about you. I just want you to let me teach you. Stop allowing other voices to be more influential than mine. Stop allowing that other person's perception of you to carry more weight than my perception of you. Stop allowing that other person's validation or need for validation to be more important than what, how I've already validated you. Now, I'm not saying we don't need people because we are relational. We do need people. But we need God more. And if no one ever does for you what God should, God still knows how to make up the gap. He still knows how to give you the grace and the favor and the anointing and everything that he has the capacity to do to overcome Anything from anybody from Satan and anybody else, you and God are the majority. So, for some of us, we might need to realize that we need to reprogram ourselves. It's almost like if you have, you, if you ever bought a computer and you get it from the manufacturer, you turn it on, that thing works good, it works fast. You know, all the operating things work, but then after time, we start adding more stuff onto the computer. Right. Right. We start loading all these other programs and software and then going on the internet and clicking all this stuff, and before you know it, the thing starts being real slow. Come on, somebody. Every, ever, anyone ever get that blue screen? Uh, they call it the blue screen of death. The thing just won't even operate anymore, and after a while, you buy all this software protection and antivirus stuff. and try trying to clean up the whole thing And then sometimes you just have to go right back to the manufacturer and they have to reboot the whole thing. The guy's saying some of us might need a reboot. Because the original factory setting that I placed in you, other people started putting some viruses in there and some other software in there that I didn't originally install, but you keep operating it as if I put it there, but I didn't. So we need to delete some programming and clean it off so it can go back to the original setting. Anybody want to go back to your original setting? So we need to identify what that means. What does that original setting really mean? So let's turn really quick to 1 Peter 5, 7. And as you're turning there, I want you to understand this. Your expectations Determine everything that you do. Everything you do is based on expectation. If you weren't expecting to get a paycheck, you're not going to show up. You're not just showing up because you just love. You're showing up because you, they're supposed to give you a paycheck. And let them be off on that paycheck. Payday's on the 15th. That thing better be there when I check it. I don't want to hear about what had happened was. Ladies, if you're expecting to go on a date, your expectations don't start an hour before he shows up. If you know you're going out on Friday night, when do you start preparing for that date?
0: <laughs> she said Monday. You think about, do I have
1: time to get my hair done? Do I have time to go get me a new outfit? You, you, are, you are intentionally planning what you're going to wear, how your hair, what type of hair do you're going to do. Come on now. You go in into an entire preparation mode in expectation for the future. Right. Fellas, if you play, raise your hand if you played a sport. If you played a sport, did you just put on the tennis shoes on game day or did you have some preparation before game day? Now, you may not like practice all the time or like going to the weight room or like all the conditioning, but you did it because you're preparing yourself for something. Because you were visualizing what you were going to do on game day. Because you're preparing yourself to win. And if you're a true competitor, you weren't just trying to win, you were trying to dominate. Now, okay, you, you push my button there. Listen. There's always a few different categories of people when you're talking about expectations. There's four. You have one person that's just happy to be on the team. Hey, look at me, I I got the uniform. Look, I can run out the tunnel. Woo, yeah, I'm on the team. Then you have another person says, I'm not content to be on the team, I wanna actually get in the game. I wanna play. I wanna run down on kickoff, I wanna do something. Then you have another person says, I don't wanna just run on kickoff, I wanna be a starter. I wanna be somebody the coaches can rely on during the game to play. Then you have this last category, based on expectations. I'm not just, to be, I'm not just here to be a starter. I'm the show. Everybody knows the ball's coming to me. Everybody knows you came to see me do what I do. And you know it's coming, and you still can't stop it because of my preparation. What are we preparing for God? And what are we expecting? Are we just happy to be on the team? I made it to heaven. Hey, let me just get in the game. Hey, I I, I may serve. Oh, I want to be a starter. Okay, let me step my game up. You can depend on me to help run with the vision and do what God's calling me and us to do. Or God, if nobody else is doing it, I'm in. I'm running with this thing your expectation determines everything that you do and determines the level of preparation that you're willing to do amen somebody amen. did you find first peter five and verse six the bible says to cast all your care all your anxiety all your worry on god why because he does what Go to verse 7. There we go. Because he cares for you. Do I truly believe and expect God to take care of me? Yes. Yes. Or do I hold on to certain things? And, and watch this I can tell where my expectation is based upon where my anxiety and stress come from. As a parent, how would you feel if your child woke up concerned? and stressed and worried about whether or not they were gonna eat that day. If it came across their mind that there might be an opportunity for me to be hungry and I don't know if you're gonna take care of me, how would you feel? As a parent, that would break our heart. That the question would even come up that You're questioning whether or not you'll be fed. Well, Jesus says something to the effect of take no thought for your life. Didn't he say that? How are you going to be taken care of? And yet we, and I am saying in general, not only sometimes we'll take the thought, but we make it a prayer request. We're praying for God to do things that are just a part of the benefit package of being a kid. There are certain things that just because you're his kid, you get. You don't have to pray for it. You don't have to ask for it. The only thing you've got to do is be obedient and be doing what he told you to do. And all these things will come on thee and overtake thee if... You hearken unto the voice of the Lord, your God. He didn't say, if you make the laundry list and pray for every little thing that you want. He said, listen, if you trust the Lord, with all your heart, lean not to your own, all your ways. Acknowledge. I'll direct your path. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Just fear the Lord depart from evil. I'll take care of everything. If you put your trust in me, I'll even give you all the desires of your heart. The things that I know is in there, but you never even spoke. I will do it for you because I know it just put a smile on your face. I remember there was a trip we went on uh, out, of, out of the country, I think we are going to Bahamas, and the kids didn't know that we had actually gotten their passports and everything ready to go because they're used to me speaking, but they weren't, didn't know that we were gonna include them on this trip. So we decided to surprise them, as my wife and I, and so we woke them up and they were gonna have to miss a day of school. But they didn't know it, so they went to school, uh, they went to bed that night, preparing to g- get up and go to school. We wake them up in the morning, the w- at the time they normally wake up, and then I said, you know what? Let's just not go to school today. They're like, what? They <laughs> say, yeah, no, no school. No school! No school! We're not going to school. We're not going, I say, yeah, let's do a trip. Let's go down to Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. So we pack up, they do their little bags and everything, and they we can all road trip. Now what they didn't know is it was the flight was gonna leave out of Atlanta instead of Nashville because it was just cheaper with a family of seven, it was better just to fly out of Atlanta. <laughs> and save a little bit. So I say, hey, I'll drive the three hours and get down there. So we'd go down there and they take me to the airport. They're used to take me to the airport and you know for trips. And we said, well, let's all just get out and we'll walk Dad to, to the gate. And so now they, they, they're not processing. We have tickets. They're going through the TSA. <laughs> 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 With bags and everything. And so we go to the gate and they say, okay, boarding, you know, this class, this class. All right, now find a call to get on. And so I wait to the very end. All right, guys, love you guys. And I go, go and I'm the last person. And I said, you know what?
0: You're going to the Bahamas, and you're going to Bahamas, and you're going to Bahamas. they like,
1: what? "What? What? They had no idea that we had already planned it because we knew what would put a smile on their face. Now think about it: who had more fun in that moment, me or the kids?
0: Can you tell I was a little excited?
1: I wonder what your daddy has planned for you. Mm. God's got some special things. I'm reminded: eye is not seen, nor ear heard. Neither is entered into your heart the things that God has already prepared for those that love him. Anybody here love God? I said, does anybody here love God? I said, does anybody here love God? Then that means that there are things prepared for you that you haven't thought of yet because he's a good father. Hallelujah, somebody. So we need to truly just understand quickly, God is not on a throne with a lightning bolt Ready to strike you down if you make a mistake. Anybody ever hear that? Gotta strike you down if you... Don't act like I'm the only one. God's not on the throne with a lightning bolt. God is not a genie like Will Smith with the lamp and just rub it when you need something and make a wish. God is loving and merciful and caring. So I'm going to give you quickly five attributes of who God is, and five things that we can do in parenting skills to reflect God in our home. Amen? Yeah. All right, so who is God? Well, first of all, I want you to read uh, Hebrews 11:6 for the foundation for this passage for us to understand this. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Very familiar passage. But without faith, it's impossible to please him, please our daddy. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a what? And that he's a what? And that he's a what? A rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God is constantly thinking of how to do what to you? Reward you. But we have to trust that he is. So who is God? God is always looking for a reason to bless you. That's the first attribute that we're talking about today. God is always looking for a reason to bless you. I believe in Genesis chapter 7, the Bible says that the thoughts of men were wicked and evil continually, but Noah found grace, which means the way I process that is God is looking at the hearts and thoughts of people all around the planet all the time, and he saw nothing but wicked and evil, wicked and evil, wicked and evil, wicked and evil, but Noah, which means at some point across the day or during that month or throughout that year, there is a moment that Noah didn't have a wicked and evil thought. It didn't say that Noah was perfect and righteous. It said that Noah found grace, which means God was looking for a reason to extend his mercy to him. Just like he's looking for a reason to extend his mercy to you. Has God been better to us than we've been to him? Does God ever ask us to give to him equal to what he gives back to us? In fact, there's always the flip. He said, if you just give me something, I'm going to give you good measure. Press down, shaking together, and
0: running over. And if you give something else to me, I'm going to give it back to you. Good measure. Press
1: down, shaking together, and because I'm always looking for a way to reward you. That's his default setting. God is also, watch this, God never holds you. Wait, hold on, before we go to two. I want to compare God to us we always God always looks for a reason to bless us we always look for a reason not to if you get a report card from your kid and they have two a's a b and a c what's the first grade you're going to talk about Mm-hmm. number two God never holds your mistakes against you have you ever heard this phrase you made your bed now what If God used our standard as his standard, the Bible would be very short. It would be Genesis chapter 3 and that's it. Adam sinned, you made your bed, not lying it. That's it. Aren't you glad the Bible didn't end then? Aren't you glad God didn't treat Adam like we treat people? Number three, God wants you blessed more than you want the blessing. We get happy when we find out about something that God can do instead of being more excited about the one that made it. We have a relationship with the one that made everything. But then we get happy about something that He did or something that we think He can do for us. How would you feel if people only came to you because they know you could do something? Would you feel used? Or loved? Do you do more for people that love you or use you? Ooh. Number four, God believes and has faith in you and sees your potential. We tend to treat people based on what they do and what they've done, they've got to prove themselves. Five, God accepts us as we are. He accepts us as we are. He only wants us to see progress, not perfection. Has anyone ever needed to ask God to forgive them for the same sin more than once? Has anyone ever said, God, this is the last time? I might make another mistake, but it won't be this one. This is going to be the last time. and then we fall again. Is anybody happy that God says, as far as the east is from the west, I don't remember your sin anymore? Aren't you glad that God doesn't keep bringing up your mistakes over and over and over and over and over and over? So that's a perfect segue. Here's five quick things that we can do in our homes. Anybody want to impact your home the way God has impacted your life? Anybody want to allow God the freedom to impact you and your children? So here's five quick things. One, look for a reason to bless your children. Not for a reason not to. Look for a reason, just like God was looking for a reason to find grace with Noah. Look for a reason to bless your kids. Two, stop reminding your kids of their mistakes. God doesn't do it to you. So we shouldn't do it to what? Shouldn't do it to our kids. Three, don't let your children settle for less. Push them to greatness. Pull greatness out of them. Ask God to give you wisdom to steward the gift and the anointing, the purpose in their life and call greatness out of them. Because if left to ourselves, we'll sit on our gift. All of us have needed people to pull us and and pull us two things that's why we need coaches and pastors and leaders four quickly believe in your kids even when they don't believe in themselves has anybody ever believed in you when you didn't quite have a lot of confidence did anybody give you an opportunity to grow and to develop even when you weren't quite sure yet but because of their faith and belief in giving you opportunity to grow you have become who you are today We should do the same thing. And lastly, love them through their mistakes, not just through their success. If we do those things, we position ourselves to allow God to show up to our kids and even to ourselves to say, I am your father. I am a I am merciful and loving. I'm not holding anything against you. And you're called to be like me because I was thinking of me when I made you. So let's just take a moment and let's just lift up our hands and just give God just a moment of just worship. Father, we just worship you. We thank you for speaking to us, for letting us know the depth of your love, for that you've never forsaken us, you haven't forgotten us, you know exactly where we are and what we're going through, and you know our past, but more importantly, you know our future. So, Father, right now we just set our heart like a flint, focused on you, on what you're speaking to us and leading us and how you're healing us, correcting us, giving us hope for a future. Father, we love you. And thank you for loving us. If you're here and God is dealing with you, there may be someone here or someone online that says, man, I've loved this relationship that you're talking about, but I don't have that relationship. I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart and come into my life, but oh, that relationship that you're talking about, that the God of the universe would love me as I am, flaws and mistakes and all, that he still is consumed with love for me? Yes. In fact, he brought you here just to remind you of how much he loves you. If you're here and you say, I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart, but today, I don't want to leave here without him. Just let us know and just slip your hand up right where you are. We'll know that that's you and we'll pray with and for you and you're going to walk out of here knowing that you're a child of God you may be here and you may say I've gone to church but I know I have not been living my life that's pleasing to him and I I want to make the decision today I realize now that God is not holding any of that against me in fact His arms are open wide to me right now and wants me to come home. If that's you, and you say, I want to recommit my life. I want to allow God to use me. I want to fulfill the plans and purpose of the life that God set in me. Even when I was in my mother's womb, God says, I knew you. My plans have never changed. If that's when you want to recommit yourself to God, rededicate your life, just raise your hand right where you are. We'll pray with and for you, and you'll walk out of here rededicated. You may be here and you may say, I'm a sheep without a shepherd. But there's something about this ministry. There's something about this church. There's something about this pastor that... I just feel like I'm home, and I just feel like God is leading me to make linked-up church and Pastor Joel and Pastor Trish Gregory my pastors. If that's you, just slip up your hand and we'll get you information on membership and receive you. That's three invitations. Salvation. Assurance of salvation. Or rededication. And church membership. Three invitations, one Jesus that cures it all. One final time over the auditorium. If you know you need Jesus, lift up your hand. If you know your relationship isn't where it needs to be, just slip up your hand. If you know you need a church, just slip up your hand. He's as God is as close as the words that will come out of your mouth. Father, we love you. We magnify you. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for this time and receiving from you